On Podcast Network. It's Kristen Anderson here, and it's amazing how much can happen in one week. I, for one, didn't look at the National Hockey League schedule this summer and think that the Calgary Flames would be starting the first week of December with a new head coach, but here we are after a week that started with an allegation of a racial slur from former NHLer Akeem Alou towards Flames head coach Bill Peters using the N-word when talking about Alou's choice of music when Peters was coaching Alou in Rockford to an internal investigation done by the Flames general manager, Brad Treliving, to Jeff Ward being promoted to interim head coach, to Peters submitting his resignation on Friday. Wow, it's really, really been an incredible chain of events that has happened this past week. So thank you so much for joining me today. And yes, it's been a a hectic week covering the Calgary Flames, as I spoke about it last week. And as you've probably heard, read, seen, there's been a lot of controversy and turmoil with this group but somehow through it all, they've managed to pull together. Right now, they're sitting with a 3-0-1 record in their last four games and are 2-0-0 under interim head coach Jeff Ward. And that's exactly where I want to go to in today's podcast. I want to talk about Jeff Ward. Who is he? What is he about? What's his history? What's his coaching style? And what's our, what are his, some of his defining characteristics? How does he deal with players? How does he run the power play? Well, we know how he runs the power play. But... How can he steer this ship in the right direction? So first, let's go back to Friday and recap the events that unfolded and how Jeff Ward ended up in this position, how he ended up to be coaching the Calgary Flames today, Tuesday, just over a week after Akeem Aliou went public with his startling allegations. So Friday was an incredibly dark and serious and sad day in so many ways, and it was also positive, I, w- I would say. I would say that you have to look at the positives at the end of the day in all of this. Um, look forward and see what can be made of this situation. But it was easy to see why this day was incredibly dark, serious, and sad. So obviously considering the open discussion that has begun in the hockey world about racism, the archaic power structure between coaches and players, physical abuse and intimidation, and we're already seeing signs of the ripple effect of this. Chris Chelios on Spit and Chicklets revealed that Mike Babcock was mentally abusive towards Johan Franzen. Sean Avery said Mark Crawford punched him on the bench, so on and so forth. We're seeing many players coming forward. So many of these issues are coming to light, and hockey for sure is going through a huge movement right now, and a lot of people are calling it a reckoning. It's definitely a shift I think we're seeing. During his press conference, Brad Trilliving talked pretty emotionally too for about a half an hour about the internal investigation and just how difficult last week had been for himself personally, but also for the group, for everybody that has been involved in this. He explained how he needed to handle this situation correctly and he wasn't going to sacrifice being detailed for being quick. He apologized for not moving the process along faster. He explained that there were certain things that he just simply couldn't answer due to legal implications, which was, I think, hard for the public to understand because as soon as these allegations came to light. Everybody thought that Bill Peters should have been fired right away, that the Flames deserved to be punished for this. Um, well, why didn't they know about these allegations? Why didn't they know about the way that Bill Peters had treated players in the past? 
Brad Chilliving tried his best to provide a timeline event of events of how the investigation under was undertaken by the Calgary Flames and the process that he went through to make his own calls and do his own due diligence to provide the NHL with as much information as possible. So he was delivering a message that the entire hockey world was waiting to hear on Friday. There's no manual for a situation like this. There was no manual for how to deal with the events that unfolded. And Chilliving admitted that he was flying without a compass, trying to navigate the events. And he wore his emotions on his sleeve. I have to say it was a pretty emotional and, and trying, you know, you could see the emotion on his face on Friday. So I'm going to just back up and go through True Living's timeline and basically give you uh, an update on what he had said and what he revealed to the media, if you haven't heard already. So True Living immediately reached out to Aliu to start working on an independent review of what happened. On Friday, he said that this was the first of two conversations he had with Aliu, who was born in Nigeria and raised in Ukraine. He played 48 games for Rockford during the 2009-2010 season. So that's when the alleged incident had taken place between him and Bill Peters. The Flames had just lost 3-2 in overtime to the Pittsburgh Penguins and Peters had not been made to the media after the game. He sat with Chilliving on the flight from Pittsburgh to Buffalo, where the two had a conversation about the incident in question. In the coming days, Trilliving contacted members of the Rockford Icehawks organization, including five members that were part of the team, management of the Chicago Blackhawks management at that time, as well as members of the Rockford Icehawks coaching staff. Trilliving then met with his communication staff and management who were on the trip. He met with the team in Buffalo, providing support, information, and updates. Trilliving also investigated if any of their current players had ever suffered any situations similar with Peters as their head coach, and they hadn't. So around that time, he was also made aware of allegations from former Carolina Hurricanes player Mikhail Jordan, who indicated that Peters, when he was coaching the team, had kicked him and punched him, and or sorry, had kicked him and punched another unnamed player in the head. Trilliving said he contacted Jordan and past and current members of the Hurricanes management staff. So he didn't know any of these incidents from Peter's past coaching history. He said he spoke to previous employers. He said he just simply didn't know. Trilliving said that there was also many lessons to learn, including an examination of their own policies and procedures when it comes to hiring and making the choices when, when making the right choice when it comes to their head coach. The lessons, of course, are deeper than that. At that point, Trilliving said that the review had concluded and their collected information will be turned over to the NHL. He said that he considered the matter closed. Although it's not closed for many, Akeem Alou is set to meet with the NHL to have some meaningful dialogue about racism in hockey. During Saturday's Hockey Night in Canada's roundtable, former NHLer and current broadcaster Anson Carter said that the main thing that they're trying to do is get rid of that unconscious bias. People won't say that they're biased in judging players for who they are and what they do, but it happens. And it's so true. This is such a complicated conversation with so many layers, and it's definitely not over. But all of this was hanging over Friday's practice, and the dialogue outside was just beginning. Flames GM Brad Living informed the media that Bill Peters had submitted his resignation letter and that Jeff Ward would be the interim head coach of the Calgary Flames. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into just exactly how Jeff Ward set the tone last week with the Flames, provide some insight on who the heck this guy is and why he could actually be an incredible fit for this role for this team. 
So last week, I did a lot of investigating into a bit of who Jeff Ward is. I talked to a number of his former players, spanning from all the way from his AHL days with the Hamilton Bulldogs to now currently with the New Jersey Devils, some of the players that he coached with the New Jersey Devils. I got some insight from some of the coaches that he coached with as well. And of course, current Flames players and current Flames management and kind of got a sense of, of who this guy is. We've known him. It's It's been the second year that Jeff Ward has been in this, this organization. Brad Treliving sought out Jeff Ward in 2018 to fix their power play essentially and um, he became the associate coach with the Flames last year so um, and improved it, obviously. But also, it should be known, too, that Bradshaw Living interviewed Jeff Ward. He was actually shortlisted for the position of head coach with the Flames in 2016. He was shortlisted along with Glenn Gullitson, and Glenn Gullitson ultimately got that position um, I think in the coming days, we'll also find out a little bit about that interview process and what, why Brad Trilliving decided to go with Glenn Gullitson instead of Jeff Ward. Perhaps it was an, an experience thing. Um, perhaps that he felt that at that time, Glenn Gullitson was a little bit younger and could be a little bit more relatable to some of the players. Jeff Ward, of course, is 57 years old um, and has been, I mean, in the league for uh, quite some time, but he's also coached for 30 years. So it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition between the two and how things kind of come full circle. You can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. So I think all of these things and experiences have put Jeff Ward in a position to essentially be the best person for this job right now. We'll see, of course. Um, but in the last week, it's been really interesting to watch his um his impact on the team. He's a very calming person. We don't know a lot about him, obviously, but just in dealing with him on a day-to-day -day basis, you see his conversations with players, um, how he's just able to keep people at ease. I thought he balanced really well in his media conference for over the last couple of days, um, just his ability to read the room and understand, get a gauge on, on what conversation, where the conversation was going to go. Um, I thought it was interesting with the way that he allowed the players to pick the music at practice. He gave the iPod to Rasmus Anderson, who picked three songs, Queen, uh, uh, Radio Gaga. He picked Elton John's Tiny Dancer and It's Tricky by Run DMC. So it was a pretty fun practice on Friday in amid all of this like really depressing uh, news conference and really sad and dark um, kind of sense of a news conference, like Jeff Ward kind of turned the page and turned the tables and, and changed the narrative essentially on Friday. And you could see that on Saturday night, it paid off. I think the players were a lot looser. Jeff Ward said that the, the team was solution oriented rather than frustrated oriented. So they were trying to figure out solutions within themselves. And that's the biggest thing that we've learned in the last couple of days with Jeff Ward is that he believes in empowering players. He comes from a teaching background. He used to be a, a middle school teacher. So he's also a father of four. He's got four kids, Cody Sawyer, Kylie and Hannah. He's from Waterloo, Ontario. And again, his coaching resume, I think we should just get into that right about now. So he started with the University of Waterloo. He transitioned to running the bench for the Waterloo Siskins, which is a junior B outfit in Ontario. And then he went to the Ontario Hockey League, spending time with the Niagara Falls Thunder, Kitchener Rangers, and the Guelph Storm. And then he also coached briefly into the ECHL, 
with the Arkansas River Blades. Um, he had separate stops in Germany, and finally he made the NHL with the Boston Bruins and the New Jersey Devils. So that lands him with the Flames last year, and he's been running the bench somewhat with, with Bill Peters. So he does know the personnel. He is familiar with the way that they run their bench. He's familiar with the systems. I don't see. I don't think we'll see a huge change in the way that the systems are run, especially right off the bat. I think Jeff Ward... The last couple of days said he wants to create some normalcy, just kind of run the ship in a smooth manner and just keep everything sort of the same. Bradshaw Living called it turbulence, and that's really putting it mildly what this team has been through. So um, Jeff Ward said he's never taken over a team in this circumstance, obviously. Um, he's taken over teams before in the past during these types of situations in the AHL. He took over for Claude Julian, who was promoted to the NHL when Michelle Therrien was fired. Half an hour later, um, after this news conference, where Trilliving was barely, um, he was almost in tears, essentially explaining how difficult the situation had been, Ward stepped in and switched gears. So I thought that was really fascinating. It's obvious that he can read a room, he can read body language, and he can definitely read a situation. So um, we'll see more about Jeff Ward. And that's why I think that he's actually the perfect person for this role. He has a way of connecting with players. His communication style is very open and honest. Some of the stories that I received from his former players that said that he, he's just a guy's guy and just is a, a, a guy who you feel comfortable talking to about your problems, but also about your life and who you are as a person. And then when you translate that on ice, of course you want to play for a guy that cares about you. So I think, the, I think Jeff Ward in a lot of ways was was ahead of his time, you know, even 15 years ago from some of the stuff that I've heard. So a lot of people believe that he's been ready for this position for quite some time at the NHL level. We'll see how things progress over the next couple of weeks. Bradford Living didn't have a lot of information last week about his vision for how long Jeff Ward would be the interim head coach. You could only imagine if there's some type of success and buy-in with the players that this could be a long-term thing for Jeff Ward. You never know. So we'll see. Already the Flames have two victories with Ward. Thursday, or Wednesday's 3-2 overtime win at Buffalo and then Saturday's 3-1 win over the Ottawa Senators. So there's no timetable about how long Ward will stay in this role, but we'll see how this progresses through the rest of this 2019-20 season, which is really only two months into the season. So um, I thought that it was interesting too, on Saturday night, Ward used his common sense and he gave the Flames two consecutive days off. They were off Sunday and Monday to regroup. Sunday was originally slated to be a practice day. But recognizing that they've been through a lot, he gave them the day off. So they are back at practice on Tuesday, and then we'll practice again Wednesday before Thursday's game. They'll welcome the Buffalo Senator, Buffalo Sabres again, and then the LA Kings on Saturday. So it's not the way he drew it up, his ascent to the NHL, but there are um, different ways to get there. There's only 31 jobs, of course, available in this unforgiving business. Ward called it a dream realized, and it definitely is from lesson planning to coaching at hockey's highest level. It's the very definition of achieving your dreams. I've got a teaching background. So a lot of what I do communication wise is comes from that stream. You know, uh, I want to, I want to treat the guys like men uh, because they are, uh, I want them to be an important part of the process because it's their program, not mine. Uh, so really empowering them to, to take charge you know, of things that they can take charge of. Um, a lot of stuff that's, 
you know, I want to have relationships with all the players because I think it's important that you know them as people, you know, what they do for hobbies, what their family's like, um, all those things. So it gives me opportunities to talk to them about things other than hockey when they get to the rink. You know, so I, I think it's important that um, all those things are in play. And for me, then, it's, it's much easier to, to send messages to them that, you know, that need to be sent. It's easier for them to feel comfortable coming in to talk to me about things. Um, and so, really, that's what, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about communicating with people, trusting people, believing in people, empowering people to, you know, to come together as a group and try to become the best that we can be. Who wouldn't want to play for a guy like that? Who wouldn't want to work with a guy like that? He sounds like a pretty great candidate for the Flames at this moment in time. Things could change so fast in the NHL, as we all know. But for right now, I think he's the perfect person to guide this team. In just a minute, I will give you an update on what's been happening with the Flames since Saturday and give you some news and notes about the upcoming week. Calgary Flames goalie David Riddick was and the NHL's second star of the week. The 27-year-old from the Czech Republic stopped 95 of the 101 shots that he faced over that span. He was 2-0-1 at that time, and he had a 1.94 goals against average and a 0.941 save percentage. He lost out only to Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche, who was the first star of the week. San Jose Sharks netminer and Martin Jones was the third star of the week. We still think that David Riddick is playing way too much. Of course, that has to do with the circumstance that the Calgary Flames were under in the last couple of weeks. The Flames really needed some wins and they really needed some confidence, so that's why they've been playing David Riddick so much. But I think we'll see a few more starts from Cam Talbot. Jeff Ward did say that he would like to play Cam Talbot a little bit more and get the players a little bit more comfortable playing in front of him. But for now, we know that David Riddick is really rolling right now. Calgary Flames prospect Jacob Pelche has been shortlisted for a spot on Team Canada's roster for the World Junior Hockey Championship. Pelche was among the 31 hopefuls to earn an invite on Monday to Hockey Canada's selection camp next week in Oakville, Ontario. The 19-year-old left winger is currently sitting third in the QMJHL's scoring race with 18 goals and 30 assists in 25 games this fall with the Moncton Wildcats. So pretty cool for him. Team Canada Selection Camp roster also included some other Calgary area skaters, including Bragg Creek, Dylan Holloway, and Peyton Krebs of Okotoks, along with defensive, defenseman Jacob Bernard Docker of Canmore. Okay, so what's next for the Flames this week? They have a practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then they host the Buffalo Sabres on Thursday they also practice on Friday, and then they play the LA Kings on Saturday night. So we'll, we'll see a lot of practice time for the Flames this week, which is a good thing, I think, with Jeff Ward taking over as the interim head coach. I think we'll see a few more uh, players return from injury. Travis Hamanick is likely to come back after that lower body injury. What's going to happen with Austin Zarnick when he comes back? Dylan Dubé has been playing amazing, so it'll be tough to see um, or interesting to see whether or not Dylan Dubé sticks in the lamp. He's been playing great with Milan Lucic and Derek Ryan, but Austin Zarnick is coming back from a lower body injury as well, so he'll be tough to earn a spot from Dylan Dubé in my mind. I, for one, am looking forward to a little bit of a quieter week when it comes to the Flames off ice and on ice. Thanks so much for joining me today. Join me again on Wednesday. <laughs>
Boom.